1: Welcome to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm your host, Richard Nelson, and uh, millions of Americans are going to be traveling this Thanksgiving, but imagine making a long, uncomfortable trip, and when you arrived at your destination, you had no place to stay. Well, that's the story of the pilgrims and their voyage in the Mayflower mm-hmm. nearly 400 years ago, and on this edition, with me is Ron Hicks, and we're going to talk about Thanksgiving.
2: Ron, All welcome right. to the program. Well, thank you very much. Rich. I appreciate it. Um, Four hundred years ago, they did have a place to stay. They moved into my ancestors. <laughs> um, we're our family is uh, we're actually registered members of the Cherokee Nation, and yeah. so um, Thanksgiving for us. Is, we we look at it from a little different perspective not well, negatively but and, and of course they had the
1: indians mm-hmm. to thank mm-hmm. uh, after that first thanksgiving mm-hmm. a very famous indian mm-hmm. by the name of squanto mm-hmm. helped them mm-hmm. to learn how to hunt mm-hmm. and fish and mm-hmm. plant corn and um, it's interesting because the pilgrims technically where they landed it was almost providential uh, there it was occupied mm-hmm. by native americans mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, there was a plague that wiped them out, so it was a vacant, mm-hmm. um,
2: unoccupied area mm-hmm. at the time. And um, have you ever it, been to Plymouth Rock? I have not. It it, uh, it during the, I went one time during the fall, and it was unpleasant weather. I couldn't even imagine what the winter would be like, and it was a particularly harsh mm-hmm. winter, mm-hmm. Uh, colder mm-hmm. than usual, heavy mm-hmm. snow.
1: And these were people. This is, look. This is pre the Hardy thin Thinsulate. Mm-hmm. You know th- uh, what do they call thinsulate. that? Thinsulate. Thinsulate. <laughs> right. uh, Gore Tex mm-hmm. is modern clothing mm-hmm. that we have mm-hmm. that's
2: really rugged uh-huh. and it keeps you warm. Mm-hmm. They didn't have that. No, they no. they had uh, all they had was layers and layers of wool clothes. Yeah. But once those get wet, <laughs> they don't ever
1: dry. So, so yeah. So that first winter. So we're mm-hmm. talking about the first Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And by the way, there's some debate over whether it was 1621, mm-hmm. a year after the Pilgrims arrived on the Mayflower, or if it was in 1619 in a colony in Virginia. Mm -hmm. If you do the research there, there's both that lay claim to the first (sighs) Thanksgiving. But of course, it's the one with the pilgrims that we celebrate and we look back on that.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, you know, think, almost every holiday though that we celebrate, there are four or five different origin stories of that. So this mm-hmm. is no, this is no different. I'm sorry, I interrupted. Of course, now
1: and of course, people want to have that lay claim to that, oh, right? Yeah, That's yeah. Our, our town, our, is the our first, town, mm-hmm. or my region of the country, mm-hmm. or that sure, kind of thing. Sure. But uh, that very first Thanksgiving, I think the one that we think of is uh, from uh, Plymouth, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Massachusetts, uh, 400 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, There were a total of um, 90 Native Americans and 53 pilgrims that attended. 53 pilgrims, Ron, Mm -hmm. that was half of their number that actually came over. Mm -hmm. They lost half of their population Mm -hmm. in that first winter. They were sick. uh, Mm -hmm. They were exposed to the cold. They um, were very weak in a very weakened condition. And about half of them died. And yet here's the thing, a year later, they still gave thanks to God. Mm-hmm. They still celebrated for three days with the Indians. Uh, they went on a hunting expedition. The Indians taught them how to hunt deer and these
2: other, you know, ducks and geese. Well, they, it's a crazy thing. The, in, in your family, what, what is the main meat dish on Thanksgiving? Turkey. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, almost every historian would say that the main meat dish for the very first Thanksgiving would have been venison. Yeah, they, it does record that they did get mm-hmm. a number of deer. Mm-hmm.
1: They did go fowling and they got geese, they mm-hmm. got goo, um swans, ducks. They also got shellfish. Mm-hmm. you know that they, oh, they went right on the uh, coast yeah. yeah the lobsters mm-hmm. and mussels Ooh, were on, very com- common. Uh, but then they also had a lot of they had potatoes, sweet potatoes, they had um, other various uh, local mm-hmm. edibles. berries were mm-hmm. part of that mm-hmm. first Thanksgiving. So they had quite a feast, not typically what we think of now. Uh, probably had pumpkins, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, there were pumpkins mm-hmm, there. But mm-hmm. um, the main thing behind it, though, is that it was a, a time of rejoicing, a time of giving thanks to God. And I want to go back to what I just said a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. that uh, they found in their hearts time to give thanks to God, even though half of their number perished, even though they were probably still, you know, living in very primitive conditions. Mm-hmm. Um it, it was not ideal for them, and yet they got together with the Indians and gave thanks to God.
2: Well, Richard, the, these these folks, and I'm uh, as you're talking, I was looking on my uh, iPad here to try to find I've got a copy of the Mayflower Compact and, and I wanted to be able to quote it exactly and I just I can't find it right now. but mm-hmm. but basically they say um, that they they agreed, to be able to come over, leave their land, come over, to be able to, to found a Christian nation, to be able yeah. to, to get a Christian nation. So they, they were familiar with the scriptures where James says, Can pure, consider pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Um, they would have understood what the scriptures had to say about enduring hardships. They would have understood about the idea of, in, in the face of tremendous adversity, to, to separate yourself, to pray. They would have been familiar with Jesus uh, saying to his disciples, uh, watch and pray as he was uh, preparing to go to the cross. So they, they would have been familiar with the scriptures, familiar with the text, uh, familiar with the the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so they, they, they brought their faith with them to establish a nation that was founded on uh, their, their freedom to be able to worship yeah. as you saw fit without the government dictating which church you needed to be a part of let's talk about the pilgrims for a minute because uh, people
1: mistake them Um, these were people that were part of the church of england they believed that the church of england was corrupt Mm -hmm. and they separated themselves from in fact they were known as separatists yeah Uh and it was against the law in england to uh worship apart from the church of england Mm -hmm. so they were punished they were Mm -hmm. jailed they were persecuted and so they left England. They went to Holland for 11 say, years. Yeah, they lived history, in yeah. Leiden, Holland. Mm-hmm. Uh, but And they had religious freedom there. Yeah, they experienced freedom there, but still they didn't have a place to call their own. They they didn't. Now, here's the thing, too, is that they had to work extra hard. Mm-hmm. They didn't have connections. They didn't sure. have good jobs. And as they as the parents were working really hard... The kids were assimilating to the culture in Holland, mm-hmm. and it was considered not a good influence on their kids. Sure. And they realized that they were losing their children. So they decided to pack up and come to the new world wow. and to start a Christian commonwealth mm-hmm. is, uh, is what they did. And uh, the rest is history. A long voyage. Yeah. You know, they were at sea for a uh, couple months. Mm-hmm. Uh, brutal conditions. Mm-hmm. They hit a number of storms. They suffered seasickness. Uh, actually, the first time they tried to get here, um, somebody absconded with their money. Mm-hmm. They they mm-hmm. the first voyage was uh, cut short, or they didn't even get on the ship because they were ripped off. And then they um, had a problem. The second time they left, there's a problem with one of the ships. So lo- a number of obstacles in their way, mm-hmm. and yet they pressed on. They endured that long voyage. And uh, they came here because of their religious convictions. And that's what they were partly celebrating Absolutely. on the first Thanksgiving.
2: Absolutely. And isn't it great that what, you know <clears throat> we see excuse me, we, we, we see this group of people that, that feel called by God uh, to be able to to glorify him by establishing a, a, a country founded on the freedom to be able to worship and 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 the devil threw everything he knew to throw at him, yeah. but it was too late. So they'd already surrendered to the mission. He did. Ron, we're going to take a quick break. We'll
1: come back with that thought and about the obstacles that they overcame and then also some of the history of Thanksgiving. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Commonwealth Matters, and we'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. And on this edition, we are talking about Thanksgiving. The pilgrims in that very first Thanksgiving back in 1621 overcame a lot of obstacles, a lot of adversity. And yet they found it uh, within them to take three days and to celebrate with the native population around their area to give thanks to God. And uh, Ron... I'm having, uh, in the first segment, I was trying to get my mind around the idea that how could you give thanks to God when you endure so much hardship? Half Mm -hmm. of their population were lost within that first winter. They uh, were ill-prepared for the long winter. They didn't know what they were doing in the new land, Mm -hmm. Uh, harsh climate, Um, and yet here they are, and uh, they're giving thanks to God. And Richard, how,
2: how, how do you praise God through your own personal tragedies and triumphs? How, how, how do you do it? Yeah, I, I've come to a place where,
1: you know, in my flesh, on my own, I can't do it. If right. I'm going through a hard mm-hmm. time, if right. I'm struggling with something, whatever it might be, work or relational issues, I can't do it. But I know that there's something else besides mm-hmm. what I see in this realm, in the physical realm, I know there's a God, and I know He has my good uh, in mind. Um, But just because I go through struggles and trials, doesn't mean He doesn't love me. It doesn't mean He's not in control. It doesn't mean that um, He doesn't have my best good in mind. Uh, It just means that I'm going. I live in a broken, fallen world, Mm -hmm. and I'm going through trials. And I think that's what the pilgrims saw. Absolutely,
2: and and we have what what the world. And when we talk about the world, and when we talk about flesh, we're talking about. Uh, outside of the spiritual realm but what we have as blood-bought born-again believers is a counselor. We have a guide. Jesus said, unless I return to heaven you won't receive the counselor, the promised Holy Spirit. So we have the Holy Spirit to be able to, to help us uh, to lead us. In fact, even the word says even to pray when we don't know how to pray. Yeah. So the pilgrims had that. The scripture tells
1: us that uh, when we have Christ in us, that we have a peace that mm. passes all understanding. Right. So we can be going through that figurative storm. Mm-hmm. We can be going through the rough seas, and we can get to a new world, so to speak, like the pilgrims did, and just say, "What's going on here?" That's right. But when we re- when we believe there's a sovereign God mm-hmm. who's in control. Uh, we can rest in that. That's right. and, and the reason I was pushing on this so much is because there's so much despair. There's mm-hmm. so many people who say, Lord, if you really love me, why would I be going through this bad mm-hmm. situation? If you really cared about me, why did I lose my child mm-hmm. or why is my family falling apart? Yeah. But what we know is this. There are some absolutes. Number one, there is a God. That's right. Number two, there, there's a fallen world that we live in.
2: And number three, we ain't God.
1: <laughs> and there you go. And and so for us, mm-hmm. and here's the other point to mm-hmm. push that a little further. Mm-hmm. If we just have a pity party, if we just say, God, you're not real, or I don't want to have anything to do with you, if we get into that mindset, mm. it's not going to help us mm. any better. We're, when you I, camp we'll can't find there for a long
2: in, time, too, yeah. can you? If you yeah. find yourself in that, you, you can just stay there and waller in that. You can. yeah. And that
1: puts us in a place of really utter dependence on mm-hmm. God. And mm-hmm. I think that's where the pilgrims found
2: themselves at from their at i had a, i heard a yeah. great story one time uh it, i read it actually in a magazine and, and the person who was recounting the story witnessed it um there was a a lady who uh, had been diagnosed with cancer uh, her daughter was in the room with her um and the doctor said ma'am you've got cancer stage 4 cancer and uh the the lady who just kind of sat there and was taking it all in no expression on her face and and um the, the doctor said, ma'am, did you, did you hear what I said? She said, yeah, yeah, I heard. And the daughter said, mom, mom do, you, do you understand what the doctor said? She goes, yeah, yeah, I understand. And she said, mom, you know, are, are you mad? Are you sad? Are you angry? Or, you, you know, the doctor just said you got stage four cancer. And she turned to her doctor, uh, she turned to her daughter and she said, watch me do this. Wow. Watch me
1: do this. So she had a confidence Absolutely. that was probably not normal with a lot of the patients yeah, I mean, that she receive gonna, that kind of news. And what,
2: basically what she was saying is watch me die yeah. glorifying God. Oh. Watch me do this. Watch oh. me praise the Lord in the storm. Watch me wow. go into my eternity. Um And and, like Job did and, and sin not, you know, watch me do this. And I thought, man, how cool is that? That's awesome. And, and I think
1: we're all going to, at one point in our lives or another, we're going to find ourselves in the storm, Mm -hmm. whether it's a cancer diagnosis or the loss of a loved one, whatever it might be, we're going to find ourselves in that position. Ron, I want to go double back to the Mayflower Compact. Uh Yeah. And this is where there's the intersection of religion and politics in the Mayflower compact. You'd mentioned Mm -hmm. that the pilgrims came here to set up a Christian nation. This is what the first line says in the name of God. Amen. We, whose names are underwritten the loyal subjects of our dread sovereign Lord James, King James, by the grace of God of great Britain, France and Ireland, King defender of the faith. Now listen to this Mm -hmm. having undertaken for the glory of God, And the advancement of the Christian faith in honor of our king and country, a voyage to plant the first colony in the northern parts of Virginia. And then it goes on to reference God and Mm -hmm. it explains what they intended to do, but they came to- So to to
2: glorify God and to advance- The Christian faith. The Christian faith. Yeah. That's
1: pretty bold. So this is the
2: first political
1: Mm -hmm. document Mm -hmm. on North American (laughs) soil. Actually, it was actually the Mayflower before they stepped Mm -hmm. foot onto the Mm -hmm. land, but- They realized that they were outside the reach of the charter that they had received, Mm -hmm. so they had to come up with their own political document, Mm -hmm. and that's what this is. And we look back to the Mayflower Compact as being part of the pilgrim story, Mm -hmm. the main part, really, but then part of the Thanksgiving story as well. Sure. I want to go to press on a little further and to say that this is where we see God in the very first political document, part of our part of our politics, Mm -hmm. they acknowledged why they came here. Number one, it was to Mm -hmm. advance the Christian faith, Mm -hmm. but they did it in God's name. Mm -hmm. And Ron, throughout history, as you see political leaders acknowledge Thanksgiving, and it's all throughout history, Mm -hmm. you look at George Washington, for example, Washington in 1789, the year the Constitution was ratified, issued a Thanksgiving proclamation for affording Uh, the citizens of the United States, an opportunity to peaceably, Mm. to establish a form of government for Mm -hmm. their safety Mm -hmm. and their happiness. In 1863, Abraham Lincoln uh, proclaimed the last Thursday in November as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. Um, We've seen other presidents issue uh, proclamations of thanksgiving. Do you know that Thanksgiving was celebrated the f- it was the second of the last thursday of the month all the way or i'm sorry the very last thursday of the month all the way until 1939 mm. and fdr franklin delano mm-hmm, roosevelt mm-hmm. changed it and do you know the story behind that
2: i do not Oh,
1: so fdr was president during the great depression mm-hmm. and he changed it and moved it to the second of the last thursday in november to increase the number of shopping days between Thanksgiving and Christmas, <laughs> so it's for economic reasons, well, and they were hoping to help go. give a boost to the economy. I was just
2: thinking, let's see, the Super Bowl wasn't being played then, so that wasn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> so. it was not. <laughs> wow, it was not. But that was actually an
1: official mm-hmm. order by huh. the uh, President uh, hmm. Franklin Del- Delano Roosevelt hmm. um, for economic reasons. So. Of course, now it is. It used to be Black Friday, right? Mm-hmm. That Thursday or the Friday after, Friday Thanksgiving. after Thanksgiving. right? But now that's kind of well, not no, as it's big still, of a thing. It's
2: Black Friday, but but uh, even more. I mean, it's Cyber Monday and. Now you have Black Friday and September, and so yeah. I mean they do all kind of things for, yeah. for economic. I, I, would, thing. I I'd submit that it's uh there are more important things than the economic aspect of Thanksgiving. I tell you that a, we great, a great a uh, great maybe a great challenge this mm-hmm. Thanksgiving on the very next day of Thanksgiving as you are praying and asking forgiveness for the gluttony, uh, <laughs> maybe instead of going out and beginning your Christmas shopping, maybe you can actually put hands and feet. To your prayers of thanksgiving, yeah. and minister in Jesus's name to That's be able good. to, uh, you know, to to go to a place uh, where people are less fortunate. Uh, maybe uh, take your families not just leftovers, but maybe bake an extra pie. Take take a pie there. Visit somebody that doesn't have family. Take uh, the clothes that you have, not the ones that you would no longer wear, but take some good clothes. Donate them somewhere. Just advance the kingdom. Uh, glorifying God through your actions and celebration of the for your first pilgrims coming to establish hey, a new nation. I, I love
1: that challenge the, when we feel blessed then we should be a blessing mm-hmm. to others if we're grateful for what God has given Absolutely. us let's look for others mm-hmm. to minister mm-hmm. to and mm-hmm. that's a good uh, good challenge there. Ron we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in just a minute. Hi, this is Richard Nelson with the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, and I want to thank you for listening to the Commonwealth Matters. Our goal is to help you better understand the important issues of the day, the issues of life, marriage, and religious liberty. But that isn't all we do. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is working to educate legislators and policymakers about these bedrock values so they can defend them while serving in Frankfurt, We're in regular conversations with state leaders on both sides of the aisle, encouraging them to uphold what Kentuckians like you value. But we need your help. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit group that only exists by the grace of God and the generosity of its donors. Would you consider a donation today to the Commonwealth Policy Foundation so that our work might continue? Please visit our website at CommonwealthPolicyFoundation.org. There you'll find some easy ways you can help us accomplish this important work. Again, go to CommonwealthPolicyFoundation.org and consider a gift today. And thanks in advance for any help you can offer. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm Richard Nelson. And just before the break, uh, Ron Hicks issued a challenge to our listeners. He said, if you're feeling grateful... Uh, for how God has blessed you, go out and bless somebody else. Mm-hmm. Go out and uh, bring somebody some clothes that might need some, or bake them a, some, you yeah, know, bake an extra
2: pumpkin pie and, and uh, take it somewhere. Bless Visit, them somewhere. Mm-hmm. You
1: know what's amazing about that, Ron, is that when you do something for somebody else it does something to you (laughs) you're always the one that gets blessed. it blesses you in a different in a way absolutely uh that Mm -hmm. there's no other way to explain it when you touch somebody's Mm -hmm. life and Mm -hmm. you minister to somebody there's something that happens there that's really powerful yeah
2: take some cookies to the people who are working at the jail take um some hot chocolate to police officers first responders um, and, and as we were talking during the break, one of the things that we can do, not not to brag about what we've done, but maybe what we might be able to do is convince people to go to the Commonwealth Policy Facebook page. Yes. What do you think about that, Richard? I like that. I'd and, love to hear from the well, listeners. And, yeah, and post what you and your family were able to do. Again, not so you can brag, but to, to glorify God, to be able to say, this is what my family and I did on Black Friday, on Cyber Monday, on, on the day after. This is what we did to advance the Christian faith. And and we can share those things. and. Uh, and and we'll be able to read those and other listeners will be able to read those and who knows maybe we'll be able to start some sort of a Thanksgiving tradition where we have um instead of uh, Black Friday we have ministry Friday I like that not that a good thing so that's a good challenge okay. hopefully
1: we're prompting some what's your Facebook it's just the name of our group Commonwealth okay. policy Center okay and we're on Facebook, if Mm -hmm. you would go there and post something and let us know how we might have challenged you to minister to somebody. Just let us know what you did, Mm -hmm. um, whatever it might be. And and that also helps us to know who's listening Mm -hmm. and following Mm -hmm. this program. Mm -hmm. So go check it out. Go to the Commonwealth Policy Center Facebook page and give us a note in response to this program and let us know
2: what you did over the Thanksgiving holiday to uh, bless another person maybe, or another family? Maybe for our listeners who aren't Facebookers, uh, and because not everybody is, the <laughs> won't you share the email address if they wanted to send an email yeah. to the Commonwealth Policy? And Ron, that's a good idea, and we would love to
1: hear from you. Send me an email letting me know what you've done to bless another person over the Thanksgiving holiday. Just send it to Richard at CommonwealthPolicy.org. It's just my name, Richard at symbol mm-hmm. commonwealthpolicy.org okay. and let me know what you've done. All so right. Ron, I like that challenge. Amen. It's Amen. good. So around, let's get back to the Thanksgiving okay. uh, celebration, the dinner, of course, the turkey and the cranberry sauce and the mashed potatoes and all that. Mm. One of the things that comes along with Thanksgiving dinner is Family. Uh, and I think as families get older, you know, kids get married and they bring their spouse mm-hmm, with them and mm-hmm. they have children and then you have extended family. Well, sometimes when you have all the family as they get older around the dinner table, conversation can get quite interesting, mm-hmm. can get political. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of talk about how to avoid mm-hmm. uncomfortable conversations and how to avoid controversy. Well, I want to bring this into the mix. Uh, we talked about how God has been acknowledged as part of Thanksgiving Day proclamations by presidents, sure. mm-hmm. how God was central to the pilgrims, and the Mayflower Compact, and what they celebrated really on that first Thanksgiving. Well, Why don't you bring God back into the conversation around the dinner mm-hmm. table and do it in a spirit of humility? Yeah. Do it in a way that you're not using God as a battering ram. God mm-hmm. is not to be used, by the way. Mm-hmm. He is not a talking point. He's not somebody to be used. But As uh, followers of Jesus, we should be willing and ready to talk about God, but also just from a purely historical perspective, God is part of our political DNA. He, in fact, without God in our political fabric, Ron... Our country doesn't make sense. We don't have the freedoms and liberties. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Look, the pilgrims don't come here unless they had religious freedom where they could worship God according Mm -hmm. to their conscience. Mm -hmm. God is part of who we are as a people. And I think it's appropriate to talk about God around the dinner table, but to do it in a mindful way, Mm -hmm. a respectful way, with humility. Um, A lot of it, by the way, so here's an idea. When you're having a conversation... You don't have to impose, but you can ask questions. If you're trying to understand somebody, mm-hmm. tell me more. Mm-hmm. Tell me, wh- how do you understand this? Mm-hmm. Or how do you how did you arrive at this conclusion? Really, mm-hmm. if you want to have a conversation, try to get to know where the other person's coming from. Absolutely. And when it's your
2: turn to talk, mm-hmm. uh people will be more willing to listen. Well, James, uh, we, we referenced James earlier when we talked about, you know, the, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. James mm-hmm. also reminds mm-hmm. us to be, uh quick to listen mm-hmm. and slow to speak. Mm-hmm. So sometimes yeah. just by asking everybody else to go first, you know, tell us something that you're thankful for, tell us, you know, what, um, you know, how do you explain all this? I know in my family when we gather for Thanksgiving or holidays, uh, not everybody's a believer. Yeah. Uh there are folks that I love with all of my heart um who don't believe any of what I believe. Um and you know, I would hate for them to think, well, I don't want to go over to Ron's house because he's going to and you know, he's going to beat us over the head with the Bible again, you yeah. know. And so to be able to, they they all know we we, yeah. we pray before we eat and yeah. all the rest of those. Yeah, we ask them to join in, and um, but but we don't we don't cram Jesus down their throat, you know, with the with the cranberry sauce. We um, <laughs> so we, to speak. We, sure, we just allow them everybody to have a, a a very cordial conversation, and and you know sometimes when I when I chat with them and and I say, look, I, I love you too much. To, to not tell you these things. Yeah, yeah. And um, I actually had a relative one time that says, if you talk to me about Jesus one more time, I'm going to quit coming. Hmm. And so I waited for a little while and then, and then uh, they came over one time and I said, if this is the last time that we're going to talk, um, it's going to be about Jesus. I love you too much. Yeah. To, uh, and I also love the Lord too much uh, to, to not ever talk about him again. And so if this is the last time we talk, it's going to be about Jesus. Yeah. Um, and guess what? They came back. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right,
1: and and I think as believers, we we should be sensitive, and yet we should be uh, also willing to talk about the Lord sure. and what He's done, mm-hmm. and um, it's also important, Ron, that our actions are consistent with our mouths. Mm, what you're saying yeah. that you always have is that your tongue and your Shoe, tongue in your mouth and, and the, the tongue, tongue in your shoe. Should be pointing in the same direction. Same direction. <laughs> yeah, that's Absolutely. Right. So yep. it's by our actions. People will know, you know, Scripture says that they will know you are my disciples mm-hmm. by the love you have for one another. Mm-hmm. And it's this love that we pour out. It's our actions that we have of grace and of mercy and kindness. Mm-hmm. that it, And that's attractive, by the way, mm-hmm. when you mm-hmm. actually demonstrate that. It's attractive. Well, Ron, we are out of time. Oh, my goodness. Uh, this program went quickly. I do appreciate you uh, joining me. Well, thank you for having me. And I uh, wish you and your family a happy
2: Thanksgiving. Same to you. For some reason, I'm craving pumpkin pie. I don't know what to... <laughs>
1: <laughs> We'll have to get together for some after uh, yes. Thanksgiving. Yes. God bless you, listeners. Thank you. God bless you, too. Bye-bye.